This episode, we are discussing rerouting your thoughts. We're changing that perspective. We're adding in some affirmations. Stay tuned because you don't want to miss this. Absolutely. Welcome to Redefining Youth. This is a safe space where we are inspiring and encouraging others to be intentional about redefining themselves. All right, so this is episode three, Reroute Your Thoughts. Yeah, let's go and get comfortable. That part, because <laughs> this is where the I am's matter. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. affirmations. Now, I want to start off with, I'm going to get y'all, y'all know me, I'm going to get y'all researching everything. I'm going to give y'all facts. But I want to start off with really just asking you a question. Just off the top of your head, give me three emotions. Name three emotions. Happy, sad, excited. Okay. Happy, sad, excited. Okay. I like that. All right. Now, I need you to tell me three emotions that you currently feel. Right now? Right now. Currently. Excited. Exciting. Love or getting love. Love. Okay. Joyous. Okay. Happy, excited, loved. I guess joy, joy. and excited coming together. Let me just say, let me give you peace because I do that. Peace. Yeah. Okay. But it's four emotions. Oh, okay. 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 It's four emotions. Got you. Got you. All right. So the reason why I asked you that is because when I think about rerouting my thoughts, right? A lot of the times, what I think, I tend to operate in a space where Sometimes I allow my emotions to be, to dictate what I think before it dictates how I behave. So I had to ask you about your emotions because I'm learning, someone very wise said to me, shout out to Rise and Leah in our group. Someone very wise said that emotions are indicators and not narratives. I had no idea what that meant. Like I was like, narratives? Why would they use the I get indicators? Emotions are indicators, not narratives. And I was like, I get indicators. Like it's indicating, it's it's evoking a feeling. It's supposed to direct you, route you to a feeling that you're feeling, right? With the emotions. But I was like, why narrative? Who uses the word narrative? I think of narrative, I think of a story. Right. I think of English high school, college. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. What I is was the like narrative? That's exactly, I was like, like, am I identifying the person, the place, the plot? What is the narrative? So I ended up doing some research, right? And I had to look up, like, and I don't know what, I'm not going to say, not, I don't know. The Holy Spirit led me to Google narratives for therapy. Because I was like, I know that emotion, what we're talking about as emotion and indicators, obviously that sounds like therapy terms. So let me see what narrative, how narrative play in therapy. There is a whole type of counseling in therapy called narrative therapy. So let me give you a definition of narrative therapy. So narrative therapy is counseling that helps people separate themselves from their problems and their destructive behaviors. Oh, that's good. That's deep. I don't think people think about therapy like that. No. But narrative therapy is a form of like psychotherapy, mm -hmm. which is really deep. Like it's really going, it's some, it's some of that therapy that pulls you from like past trauma, childhood. It pulls, it's, it's all up in your psyche, like your mind, it goes deep into you. And what I took from that, then I had to go and figure out like examples of narrative therapy because I was like, oh my God, like you're revealing something really deep inside of me. So this episode, just by the way, y'all, is like literally the season I'm walking in right now. Like it is the thing that I am evicting out of myself. I have, I'm not even gonna say evicting. No, let's not even put that in a participle that means it's going on now. Let's talk about past. It's the thing that I evicted. Right. Through prayer, through fasting, through like literally submission and obedience. I am evicting. Right. The thoughts that I had that were plaguing me to think that my emotions were my master. They were leading me through all these decisions that right. I was making. So that's what narrative therapy does. 
It's good. I'm telling you. I see where you're going, girl. I see where you're going. I'm headed. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Hit it on. Right? I'm headed there. So what narrative therapy does is it helps you identify your values and skills to unlock a power within you so that you can progress and reach full potential. So let me give you an example of narrative therapy, and then I'll go back to that statement. Narrative therapy, like an example of that is without it, I, if I'm, if my emotions master me, then I would say, I am Noelle, I am tired. I am Noelle, I am sad. But narrative therapy, again, it makes, it, it allows you to separate you, your identity from the actual problem Mm -hmm. or situation or destructive behavior that's going on right now. So instead, I can honestly, with narrative therapy, it helps you be able to think. And you guys can see I'm struggling because I'm learning this. This is something I am putting into practice right now. And it's okay. Instead of I am sad, it's really this situation made me sad. It hurt me, but it's also trying to trick me to have a lack of self-control that I struggle with, a lack of self-control of Therefore, I'm not going to move towards my destructive pattern and behavior, okay? So let me give y'all the real example. So I want you to think of an example where you can use narrative therapy to affirm yourself, to identify an emotion and it's triggered and you basically identify it and then reroute it. Take it, detach it from the actual, take the feeling and detach it from your identity. So right. in the same example, so I'm gonna give an example, right? So this is my thing. I'm gonna let's be, we're here. I have redefined myself. Right. Like it's been a journey. We talked about it in the previous two episodes. If you have not watched the previous two episodes. You definitely need to watch the previous two. So we really need you guys to understand where we're coming from, where we've been, where we're going. So let me give you an example. So I am on this journey to to redefine myself. So in the past. I, you know that saying where they said like, the only way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else? Okay, she, she used to be me. That's what we're gonna say. She used to be me because essentially like I would, in relationships, if I felt like I was rejected in a relationship, I could still be in a relationship. I'm not talking rejection to a breakup. I'm talking may still actually be in the relationship. If I felt like I was rejected, right? I would internalize that rejection and that sadness and that hurt that I felt from it. And I would attach that to me and my worth and be like, obviously I'm not worthy of being happy because you hurt me. I'm not worthy of you to be loyal or committed to me or whatever. So you hurt me. Therefore, my fears would line right up with those emotions that I allowed to overpower me and overcome my identity, which made me feel like I was not worthy then my behaviors would trickle down from rejection to all the way down to destructive behavior, which meant I would operate out of a lack of self-control. Then I would allow, so if somebody, if I was in a relationship, somebody would then, if my partner hurt me, hurt my feelings, then I would seek attention elsewhere. My destructive pattern is I would get attention elsewhere. I would let somebody else DM me, whatever, affirm me, I check, I, I place a phone call to the ex, just because I'm like, oh, you don't like me right now. You hurt my feelings. My exes love me. Total destructive patterns, total destructive behaviors, right? But that was because I was struggling. Prior to therapy, I was struggling with rejection. I was struggling with my identity. I was struggling with my self-worth. I was struggling with lack of control, like self-control. and. I'm dealing with that so deep right now. Like the self-control has to, I have to figure out how to separate the emotions so that my, the self-control exists separately because I am a person that is strong enough to operate with self-control, but I would let the emotions lead me. So that's where I'm at. That's what narrative therapy has taught me. And that is what our therapist has been bringing us to, to understand. So, what you got? Tell me what you think on that. And then I need your example. I had multiple examples running through my head as you were speaking, because I think at some point, like just even first of all, thank you for sharing that, because that's gonna help somebody. Be honest. 
And as you were sharing that, I'm thinking of my own self-control. Like we all have different like self-control. If we really think about it, we all have issues with it. Whether it's in eating, whether it's in something else, we all struggle with that. So, I appreciate you saying that. Like that, yeah. I really do appreciate you saying that because hard sometimes we're kind of certain personalities like i'm hard on myself i'm trying to operate in this like dang near close to perfect existence but i appreciate you making it relative to yeah. saying like we all do we all do but i had to really think about that some people like i'm extremely disciplined when it comes to like my workouts and my eating and things like that and a lot of people they always question like how are you that disciplined kind of deal and i'm like how are you not but then when i think about rejection <laughs> issues other people would be able, it would be like oh I don't care what he say, not me. I internalize it. I appreciate you saying that. We all, like, and what I'm saying is also, some of us don't identify it as this lack of self-control. Right. We, we name it something else. But when you can take that accountability for yourself and you name that thing, you name that demon, I'm sorry, that's just what it is. Yeah. Then, then you can start working towards working on it and getting better at it. So I just have to say that for you first. Appreciate that. When it comes to the, when it comes to you talking about the self control, lack of self control, I really, I guess, don't have much to say on it. To be honest, I basically said it. We all have struggled with it. Yeah. And until you name it, and until you take the accountability for it, then it can't change. But you have to get to a place in that. I see exactly how our therapist was able to walk us through that mm -hmm. and then help us identify that. So as far as you going through it, you're human. Absolutely. I honestly don't have much to say on it because yeah. you're human. For me, I'm so non-judgmental. I pride myself in being a safe place for people and being accepting because as I get to my example of acceptance, that became one of my values and one of my stabilities, I like to call because I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be enough. So for me, that's what I give to other people. So when you tell me about something you're struggling, it's like, okay, you're human. Right, gang, gang. Right. I love her, because like, she seriously is. She's definitely my safe place. The sounding board when I'm like falling apart and like every, she's had to laugh because- Come on, like, I'm like, you're fine. You're no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> where are you? In the bed? Like, Safe and then you're fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Every time the world is like burning down around me for some reason, but that is literally I'm telling y'all. That's how you feel. There you go. That's I'm, how you feel. I'm telling you, don't the emotion try to master me, and I'd be like warring Not against just emotion. You. They master us until you get a control of them, and you realize, like Kim used to tell us, yes, facts versus feelings every time. Shout out to Kim. Shout Kim out to Kim. And Kim Peek at Advocation Counseling. Absolutely. But no, that, this ain't that. This ain't that. And what we also talked about even this morning, like going back to your default place. Is your default place where you used to be? Or is your default place where you are now? Yeah. And knowing exactly where you are now, you can change those things. Okay, this ain't that. Facts versus feeling. Right? Absolutely. But it took us a second to get there. We weren't always here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hot minute. Okay, Kim, facts versus feelings. Think about it. We're a hot mess. Then we had to journal it. It was like, did you journal your facts versus feelings? What do I put on it? What do you feel? A lot. Everything. Okay. All right. of it. For that, I don't have much to say. Because for me, that would be me judging you no, of, yeah. how, of how you're feeling. And I can't change your feeling and your truths. Yeah. So therefore, nah, you just said your truths and it's going to help somebody. That's what oh, it is. For sure. So what is your example of narrative therapy? Like how, the, yeah, give me an example where you separate, you identify an emotion, but you separate it from your identity, and then we go up a level. You're going to identify an emotion and a feeling, you're going to separate it from your identity, and yet you're going to talk about what it triggers and the behavior that it possibly would have triggered. Okay. So mine can brought two into one, but I'm going to use my example of not being enough. So whether it's in relationships, like an actual relationship with somebody or friendships or on a team, didn't matter what it was. In my head, I'm thinking, knowing, but the feeling of I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as the person next to me. 
I see how great they are. However, I let doubt and fear mm. and those thoughts creep in that now tells me I'm not as good as them. But the facts on paper would be completely different than what I was thinking. So now that those feelings, now that I'm thinking that, the behavior, the feelings that started happening, and then the behavior that started happening was, I would, I make it quiet, I make it silent, I make it go into my own little shell, I may, like I said, shy away from people, I may just, just I would have, it was, it became more of a thing for me, of inward. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Of it became inward. So now I may not be performing at things as best because I don't think I'm as good as them. When really, on paper I am. But those facts didn't matter to me because the feelings began to take over. And so now I'm not performing as well when I used to be. And so that's how I had to start doing that. And when Kim walked through with me, when I used to think that, and it really comes from some childhood trauma, possibly what it really stems back to. But as we began to talk through it, and Kim started saying, ah, oh, let's separate the fact versus the feelings. Okay, you're a nurse. I'm going to use that example too. You're a nurse. Then you go to nursing school like everybody else. Then you pass the test like everybody else. You To become a nurse, you had to pass that. So what makes you think that you're not as good as everybody else? When you go and take care of your patients, don't they love you just as much? Then you become a charge nurse over a trauma unit. That's a big thing. So aren't you just as good? Absolutely, those were the facts. But once again, those facts could have been there. However, what I was feeling shows something different. I would start to second guess myself of, ooh, I did this assignment. Is it right? Is everybody gonna like it ever? And that kind of goes into people pleasing too. I had that issue also. And so it's all those little things, people pleasing, second guessing myself, changing things that I knew that I wanted to do to make sure somebody else was comfortable. Because if I if I did it, it may not have been right. Even though I and I know it was. And going off of what I like to say Holy Spirit has led me, those were basically my feelings and those dictated those behaviors. Yeah. So you operated in your emotions. In my emotions and yeah. fears. Yeah. When they really, told the story. As opposed to indicating and evoking a feeling and just being able to say, hey, I'm feeling less than in this moment, but I don't need to underperform. It's trying to trick me into underperforming when I am enough. The whole way of it, God, thank you for sharing. It's like bringing, it's giving me a little teary eye because it's like helping me go back to those moments when we sat with her and she was just like digging this out of us. Yeah. You had to sit in this uncomfortable space, just really, and some of you may be going through it right now, where you're in this uncomfortable space where your emotions are your masters right now. They, your mood is your master. If somebody cuts you off, if you're driving, you are cussing everybody out. You're mad. You show up at work mad. Like, it's hard to get you out of that space. Been there, done that. We've been, obviously, we're telling you, like, we've been there, done that, and it's true healing, it's true identity work, it's true, like you really just have to dig deep to figure out like, what is my skill? What is the, what is my purpose? What is my identity? Who am I? Like, how do I, how can I use my skill sets to overcome this? And that's when like Myers-Briggs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like tests and all this right. stuff came up because yeah. it was like, you really need to identify your strengths and your weaknesses also, just we're going to dig even deeper to get your true identity pulled out of this. So that is so beautiful. Like, I, I'm telling you, look it up, maybe even reach out to someone, a psychotherapist that is that digs into narrative therapy. I'm giving you the free sauce because it was given to me by God. Even I didn't even recognize that we've been through that. I didn't recognize that's what it was called at that time, but I can't do exactly what she was talking about. But... The fact that even going to Kim, no, like we, we had to know my behavior should not be like this. Right. I should not like walking through life. I shouldn't be walking like this. I love the way you're going with this. This is so right. My behaviors should be completely different. I'm I'm seeking change. I'm feeling I'm starting to change. The next thing, my behaviors have to change. Okay. But what dictates my behaviors change? The, the rerouting goes thoughts. 
the time. So tell me about, okay, prior to that, what were some of, what were some of the, what was your environment like prior to therapy? Prior to this understanding and going through their, the therapy? Be honest, be honest, because it's going to lead me to the next portion of it. Which one? What was your environment like? What was life like? At this moment when Kim was talking to before that. Before narrative therapy, the thing that Ooh. provoked you, we talked about it last episode, the thing that provoked you to realize, oh, my behaviors are off. What was life like around, if you could name, if you can give three descriptors, descriptions, three descriptions of what life was like for you before you jumped into therapy. My Holy, the Holy Spirit is moving in. I feel it. Triggered, I'm going to use for unworthy undervalued, and hopeless. Ooh, that's good. Wow. I can really give you two more. Undeserving, sad. So much. Unpeaceful. That's not even a word. That's not 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 a word. That's because for me, I'm a very rigid, disciplined person. So control is a, a power and control are my core values, right? And so life was out of control for me. It was chaotic. It was war. Literally, it not even it was deeper than even spiritual war. It was war, like right. all around me. It was, I was like I was surrounded in it and confusing. I was confused just in general. I remember looking in the mirror, like I have no idea who I was even looking at. Like that level, right? So we are here to say we are testimonies to narrative therapy. We are testimonies of what it takes to go through that journey and separate your identity and who you are from what you're feeling and what disruptive behaviors come from out of that, those emotions and changing your story, rewriting your story, redefining yourself so that your thoughts do not, your thoughts and your emotions don't dictate everything that you do and who you are. With narrative therapy, again, I'm going to repeat what it helps you with. It helps you identify your values and skills and unlock the power within you for progression and protection. If that's the definition of that, that equals peace. That is the definition of peace. If we really dig in and dive into what peace is, because everybody in the world is all like, all the IE gurus are like, oh, I need to find my peace. Oh, protect your peace. Protect my peace, right? And I'm like, well, what is your peace? What What is peace to you kind of deal, right? Number one, for me, there's no finding peace. If you know who you are and whose you are, Brittany always says that, <laughs> then right. you will know that Peace is given to you. It literally, he will give you peace that surpasses all of your understanding. Peace is free to you. Just like wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Wisdom is given freely. The word says it, so I believe it, right? So that is what peace is. Peace is when peace exists within you, you think you have a layer of protection, progression, progress. Your life is progressing and potential. But when I was in war and chaos, I saw confusion. I saw all of the opposites of that. We felt unsafe. You said it. We felt unsafe. There was no protection. We felt undervalued. There was no progression in our lives. It was stagnant. We couldn't, it was chaotic. You couldn't see. There was no vision. There was, you had no idea where you were heading. Nothing. Not even getting out of bed. Didn't want to. I want to say, I believe that there's like steps. There is, there's actionable things that you can do in order to reroute your thoughts. Number one for me is the identity piece. Absolutely. That is number one. I have to agree with that one. Yeah. Peace is a result. Right. Let me just say that right. to y'all. Peace is right. a result. That's why we went there. Because right. we were saying that narrative therapy helps you get to the result, which is peace. And peace is going to give you the progression and the potential. But let's take a step back to figure out how, what is the steps to peace? What is the steps to get there? And number one is the identity. It's figuring out who you are and whose you are. Because it, it's deeper than just some, and some people may get into therapy or get help and counseling or whatever, and they may help you, help you with your identity 
as far as from identifying your skills and your core values. And those are those steps are very helpful. Like that is you figuring out your identity in the natural state, who you are as a person. But there is another level to identity. The other level of identity is understanding and embracing and accepting why the reason God created you, right. who you are and how he sees you. That's a whole nother level. Whole nother level. And most people don't even get to. Yeah. But we're telling you how to get to. We're literally telling you. And simply put, write this down, lock it in, tap in to this. Genesis 127 says that man or we are made in the image of God. So if we are made in the image of God, then why do we allow our emotions to master us? So even down to, I'm gonna break it down simply, simply, because Brittany always say I be like, I talk and think up here, and she gonna help me come back in a minute and bring us back to here. Like, I am that. You see my whole... I see. Like, my whole, like, 
My spirit is just moving because it wants to jump. Because our default place has changed. We know exactly who we are. We know how to operate in who we are because we know whose we are, which has now rerouted the way we think, the way we behave, the way we speak to people, the way we talk to those things that come up against us. Oh, mountain, I declare that you will move, you shall move, because I know who I am. I always say, listen, ain't nothing nobody can do to me because I know who my daddy is. And my daddy run all of this, so don't make me call him. Is it right? Do you know who my daddy is? If you, Girl, listen, if we, and I, I love that for us because we have two little, two little girls and I could just imagine them on the playground. Matter of fact, I had a whole experience with it. Remember, my daughter was racing the little boy across the street and he was like six and she's 10. So he was like six years old. And of course she's bigger than him. So she's faster than him. So she beats him on a sidewalk race, y'all. And he's, he was upset clearly and he said, I don't even want to play with you no more because you're worthless or something. He said, I think he said you're worthless to her. And she immediately next step, that's why I said the nappy head kids with the barrettes. That's how I envisioned it when you like, my daddy is who you know who my daddy is. She's, I can imagine my daughter's neck was rolling and she was like, oh, I know I am worthy. I am who I am. Like she read him and I was like, Girl, she, so she came home all like chest out, everything ready. Like she, she was feeling it, right? And she was like, Mom, I'm gonna tell you what happened. And I was like, go ahead, girl. I had to sit down only because she was hyped. Right? So I was like, let me sit down. Okay, go ahead, girl. And so she tells me the story. And I was like, the whole time she's doing it, I'm like, okay, baby, you better, I said, you better affirm, you better speak. Like, I love that for us because thank God for saving and choosing us. And thank, uh, thank, thankfully, we accepted the call and became the few because that is exactly how it is. Like, I'm now to the next level on affirmations, too, because now I'm using the sword, which is the right. word in my affirmation. God, I am your workmanship. I am your masterpiece out set out to do good works because that's what you said I am in Ephesians 2 and 10. That's the level of mastery of my emotions and the rerouting of thoughts and that's what narrative therapy does but the peace the that peace comes with that it comes with it peace. and the, and listen it's not that you just feel it people see that you have it i don't know how many people have said you just look so peaceful i am yes i am peaceful okay. you know how i got there because i am this i am his all these different things of beginning to speak to myself and realizing I, I don't care what it goes, it always goes back to me. I know who I am and whose I am. Once I once I got that, and to be honest, the song, A Man of Your Word. Ooh, that was the song. That was it. It was one day I was driving and I'm gone through therapy and saying my affirmations, brushing my teeth, and because my affirmations are in my mirror, brushing my teeth and saying them and speaking them so I believe them. But it was something about that song. The Holy Spirit hit me and I heard them say, I am because of who he says I am. I remember the exact spot where I was when I heard that and it hit my spirit. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, that's right. Nothing else matters because I know who I am I know whose I am. When I got that, oh, nothing else matters to me because it's, I have the power to change anything in my life. And so now doing that, like you're right, we have to start speaking them into our children so that they understand that this world has completely changed. Completely. Upside down. Upside down. Yep. And the way that bullying and all these different things come up in schools, we have to speak that into our children so that when they walk into a classroom, they already know who they are. There's nothing in here that dictates me. Whether they get something or they don't get it, it does not change their narrative, mm. right? Oh, that's right, it brings like, tears to my eyes. I have to say, mm. I've heard by this great person of mine that always says, I didn't have a bad day, I had a bad moment. Mm. And when you can that's change so that perspective good. of knowing, I didn't allow the narrative or my feelings in one situation to dictate the narrative of my day. It's just an indicator. It's just an indicator.
It's a moment. It was, it was an indicator that something happened. I didn't like it. Okay, I felt it. I didn't allow it to shift my whole entire day. I had a bad moment. It's just a moment. That's it. It's and guess what? I let that moment go because I know who I am and whose I am. My daddy runs. He runs this. So it doesn't even matter. I move past it. Either I have a solution to the problem or I keep moving until I get one. And you just move on with your day. Yeah. Peace. In peace. It's Peace. It's in peace. It, it's peaceful. I want to talk on the two of those things that you said. One that hit me hard, which is like why we're why we need to teach our children this, and we need to speak and affirm our children. Because I think about all the stories of the minority children that are go to school and they hear from a teacher that they'll never be anything. They'll never be enough. They'll never amount to anything. Yeah. And there's so many people that I know, 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 family, like, can pick up the phone right now, call them, because who live a hard life, a chaotic life, because someone imparted that in them and they internalized it in their whole narrative in that moment. And so you're absolutely right where we have to tell our children so that when they, school is just, I want to tell my daughter, school right now is your life. That right. is your, right. that is that's everything. It's your job, it's your social everything. life, school is everything. This is all I need you to do. And so we do need to make sure that they when they're not in our presence, that they still stay in his presence. Absolutely. The whole entire time. They know who they are and who right. they belong to. And that's so powerful. The other piece that I wanted to talk about was the that's what I want to say. The part where you said I like in your affirmations, it's like other people around you started to feel it and see it through you. And I'm affirming to the word now, y'all. Third level to this. So right there, yeah, third level to this. So I'm affirming to the word. So when you said that, my spirit said somewhere in Matthew. Okay. So I'm a. I usually say somewhere between Genesis and Revelation, but I'm gonna give. I'm gonna help y'all out. It's somewhere between Matthew. Maybe read up to chapter 10, because it's somewhere in between chapter 1 and chapter 10. But I know that Jesus said it, so it's somewhere it was in the Sermon on the Mount. What Jesus told us, Jesus literally told however many people. They think that 5,000, he fed 5,000 or whatever. They think this many people. This was tens of 20,000s of people right. listening to the sermon on why he's preaching on this mount. And Jesus told them that you are, he affirmed us. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light. You are the light. So when we are, we reroute our thoughts, we embrace and accept our new identity, we become anew through Jesus Christ. And he, in return, it's like an illumination comes from without, comes out of us. And it, others see it. And it's not just kingdom people. No. Everybody. Anyway, everybody. Grocery stores. Everybody. Like, I've been on, like, big boardwalks walking outside and, like, many shops and stuff like that. And even my kid witnessed it. She was right. like, Mommy, do you not see that everybody is staring at us? And I had to look down because I'm like, we ain't enough of jeans and a t-shirt. Like, what? And like, I started to pay attention that everyone sees this light and they gravitate towards it. They're attracted to it. Right. And so that's where the peace comes in. Because remember we gave the definition, protection is a part of peace. You don't have to find it. All you have to do is protect it. All you have to do is keep it, maintain it in ways and boundaries help you do that. So when the people that are attracted to the light and they are coming, they, you have to be able to, a boundary, master your mood. You have to be able to contain your emotions. Identify that those emotions are just the indicator, not the narrative, so that you be able to respond to those people the way that you need to, or be able to have a healthy, clear mindset to be able to set a boundary that may give you separation from that person, those people that come attracted to the light, whether because they, they may or may not serve you. That's what That's I heard good. when you said that, when you were like, yeah, like it's just everybody around me sees it and it's yeah, there was a season I remember when I came in, I was like, I don't know, because you would call a horror attacker? Like, right. Right. They, yeah, like they here for it. come from everywhere because people are searching for peace. And anywhere that they can 
and I, I hate to say that, but that's to me what I hear. Bring it down to simple living, because my dad always says, "Yes, life is real easy. We just we just complicate it. We make it hard because we add in all these different things that start taking away the peace. We get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed by jobs, people we don't need that come in with their own confusion." Extra things we take on that we know we can't take on. Like the castle. We don't have nothing. So we add in all these things and our peace slips away. Yep. Because you can, yeah. you have it. It's already there. It's these distractions and different things that start taking away. Yep. That's when we talk about stress. I'm a nurse. I'm sorry, guys. Yep. All these physical things come to me. I can tell when a person's stressed. You can look in their face. They start, their face starts changing. Their demeanor, their behavior starts to change. Things, their environment starts to change. Absolutely. They're not as clean or whatever the case may be because their peace is gone. Absolutely. But if they start getting rid of those things that they don't need, putting up those boundaries that she talked about, yeah. the peace it just comes back and protected. There you go. Sure. To it. And that's what we're at. We're testimony to say we are on the other side of this. We side. have got a sample of this peace and light. And it's like, will a soul take me out of this space? I remember, or in the moment, when we, ooh, what's this? Do you feel it? I don't know. We were like, do you feel it? And then somehow, I don't know what we had going on, and then it slipped and we were like, oh, come back, come back, right? Because we started, we got the sample. And then we started, once you said, people was like, oh, yeah. Because confusion is attracted to the peace, right? Because a lot of people are seeking it, right? And so I don't know if we were trying to help too many people or what we were doing. What we're doing. And that piece started going like, hold up, wait a minute, yeah. I don't know what happened. Come back, I gotta let go of some things and people. Yes. And it's so crazy. We had to reroute everything. We, like, to and, reroute and we thought we were, I remember at one point during that season, I, I think in my head, I was like, maybe if I just get back to my routine, and I get in the tub and all this stuff. And it was like, none of this is working. And then I remember you telling me, it was like, have you been journaling? Well, let me look. Like, I was desperate. What do you want? All right, it's been like 18 days. What have I been doing for 18 days? That's what you The box is all over the place. It's spiraling. It. Yeah. Just going. Just going down to a pit. <laughs> Digging way deep. So that's why I had to laugh because I'm like, we, and this is a journey, y'all. This is, it's no one is perfect. It's not a destination. It's a journey. Meaning that yeah. even now, once we've had the sweet sample of Jesus and the peace and the light, but we also, by the grace of God and through marriage therapy and all the help and the intentionality of changes that we made, we begin to realize that we got to protect this peace. But that's the real protection of the peace. The real protection of the peace is I can let my emotions and my feelings and destructive behaviors make me lose sight of who I am and right. whose I am. And so when I encourage you guys, when you talk to somebody who's saying, oh, I just need to protect my peace, dig in, ask them real questions, dig in a little deeper. You think about it. What did you mean by protecting your peace? If identity isn't in that conversation and there's spirituality, you off still a little bit. You may be seeking, you may be searching for peace. I can tell you, and you will say it, Matthew 6, 33. Absolutely. There's no seeking for peace. The Bible don't say seek for peace. It says seek the kingdom. It literally. Seek the kingdom first. Seek the kingdom first. Everything else is provided in there. All of it. Yeah. That's the answer to it. That is it. Yeah. That's all I got for you. That's it. That's the answer. Seek the kingdom first and it's righteousness. So again, that word righteousness comes in because those these are words that we should be using to affirm ourselves because God is righteous. So now my affirmations are, oh, I am righteous. I am justified. I am deserving of grace. I am peace. Because God is peace. I am love. And I am, and I am love, and I give love, I, and I am wise. Wisdom is she, and she is me. She, she is me. 
And Miss Dad. You love that. Wisdom <laughs> is she and she is me. But again, I will also say like, no one is perfect. And no. so we are here to say, even I was struggling with this over the last couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. I, my piece was, and I didn't even realize it, but my piece, I was like, you ever try to, you ever slip and you fall? You ever see people just fall and they like, grab it for air and it's like, just fall, just, just fall. But I don't want to tell anybody just fall in this moment. What I will say is have a seat and seek the kingdom because everything else, all the peace, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, right. all the righteousness, all the justification, all the grace, right. all the mercy, all all the abundance, all the prosperity, all the protection, all the provision, all of it is provided for you. It all comes freely to you. He wants to provide it for us. We have to reject, out, revoke this demonic spirit of lack and scarcity. We serve an abundant God. And we are abundant. All of it. We all should embrace and accept the abundance mentality because it's freely given to us. We just gotta do work. That's it. Sometimes we have to sit, sometimes we have to rest, sometimes we have to rest and work at the same time. There's so many different seasons, but it's just a matter of can I get still enough to identify where I'm at, to listen and allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you and comfort you. Because that's the beautiful thing about the third piece of the Holy Spirit is the comforter too. Not only is he leading and guiding you, he's going to make you feel good while you're doing it. He's going to give you some relief during that period. And so when we sit just a little while, we get clarity and we can fast, we can pray. Those are some other ways that you can get moment to get the vision back and get clarity in a moment. That's all I have for you. God. I'm just gonna add one more piece and one more piece to the piece. <laughs> I love it. When you, at the beginning, when you're seeking, because some people are just like, okay, I know I feel or I think, just start journaling, start writing. What does peace look like to you? Because that'll help you first identify if you have it or if you don't have it. Because if you're used to operating in chaos, you think that's normal. You don't see where it's not peaceful. So start writing it down, what it looks like to you. What do you believe it feels like, right? That's you now starting to seek. As you start seeking that, God starts to see your heart. He starts to see your mind changing. And then now that's allowing him to use that as a vessel. You have an open door for him to come in. And as he comes in, he starts to change your mind. He starts to change your thoughts. He starts to change how you see, how you hear. And all of these pieces start to flow. You start meeting people like us. Your community changes your environment, all these things start, that's how you start seeking the kingdom. People are like, what's seeking the kingdom? That's how you start, yeah. having an open door. To allow him in. To allow him Let in. him in. Oh God, that's one of the, that song, I don't know if you listen to that song, but I yeah, really listen about. to that song now. God, that's a beautiful song. Let him in. We hear these songs differently now. Oh, it's so different. Because our thoughts are no longer clouded. No. Our right. minds are no longer, we have, Peace mentality. Right. That's the whole purpose of this episode. Right. It's rerouting your thoughts right. to establish the end goal is the peace, which then leads you to all, it opens a whole new journey of depression for you. It just it changes it completely. If you feel stuck, if you feel alone, sad, or do exactly what she said, and maybe even just start there. If you're still in a fear zone of therapy or seeking help or getting help and counseling, or can't afford it, deal. Whatever is causing you to stay in a stagnant place, there is something simple, such as writing down your emotion. Just writing, just starting. If you can't start with a deep prompt of what does peace look like for me, or how do I define peace, then start with today I felt. Yeah. I feel right now, I am feeling. And that's a whole other different thing right there. With I am feeling sad versus I am sad. Right. So that's just start somewhere because that is, like you said, you said it so beautifully. Can't articulate it any better than that. That just opens the door for God. He, he sees, he's a discerner of our thoughts. He sees your heart and he discerns your thoughts. And that just opens the door for him to come in and try to help you. But you've got to let him in. You've right. got to let 
him leave too. You gotta let him be the master of your life and he has to remove because that is the thing God gives us free will. That free will is that he is hoping we use that free will for self control. I'm gonna add one more thing. Oh, we listen, we can go all day. As long as y'all listen here. This is one more thing because this isn't like an action step that you can do. Because I started thinking this morning in the shower, this is my place where God talks to me, one of the places. And we always have a, a word of the year. And then we, but we have to bring ourselves back to that word of the year. So I was like, ooh, this morning when we were in our prayer group, in our Bible study, we were asked to think of a word for the week, right? Yes. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can do this all the time of a word of the week or should I do a word of the month? I was like, no, let's do a word of the week. Let's do a word of the week because I'm going to shift my mindset to really work on what that word of the week is, right? And when next week comes, Depending on, because it usually takes 21 days to change that mindset for whatever you're doing. Depending on what that, what, where I'm at with that word, if I'll keep going with it. Or will I add to it and add a different word, which will now add on to whatever it is. So let me give you an example. My word for the week is wait. Okay? I am waiting on God. I'm waiting on him to do what he told me he was going to do. Because if I move out of his will, I'm not waiting. If I move out of mine... If I move on what I'm feeling, because I'm feeling down, I'm feeling like I need to shift and go because things aren't happening the way I want them to, so out of feeling, then I'm shifting out of what he wants. So I'm learning to wait this week. So we can shift this to many other feelings. I am, affirmation, I'm grateful. So this week, I am going to work on being grateful for everything. No matter, I'm going to wake up. I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. I'm grateful that this lady may have gotten my coffee wrong at Starbucks this morning. But guess what? I could afford it. Somebody can't afford Starbucks. I am grateful that I have a car this morning. I'm grateful that, let me tell y'all, that I can see, hear, and smell. So let me tell you, I'm back in California. I can hear after that plane and getting sick over there. I felt I can breathe. And we take these little things for granted. And I never have issues with flying, but this day, because I was sick, I did. To not be able to hear for two days, I said, oh, I now feel what the people feel. Oh, God, thank you to be able to hear again. Simple things. So if you take that, practice whatever that is for the week, I promise you'll start to develop the habit of that feeling. So you're grateful. You might have to tell yourself a few times, grateful but now it becomes a habit because you're thinking about it all the time but now your behaviors change and the, and you start to see oh i really am grateful because now you're telling people thank you right. now you're smiling all the things that come with being grateful right and so the next week if you feel like you've matched your grateful being grateful add a different word yeah and so week i'm excited yep i'm excited for everything so because you are grateful now you're excited so now you're practicing both and that's how you start to kind of change your mindset, reroute it, think differently. And now your behaviors change. People start noticing your behavior. That's how you start getting to the results. I just thought about that. Because that's how I'm changing. So you guys need to DM us. DM us your, send us messages. However, we'll give our social media handles. I'm at show and sell with Noel. That's show s-h-o-w the letter n sell s-e-l with noel on all social media platforms so follow me and send me a message feel free to send me a message and i'm at b underscore the ceo that's instagram you can find me on youtube with that absolutely find it in redefining you yeah find redefining you on all social media platforms as well definitely facebook and instagram but in youtube and send it, you can drop it in the comments. You can send us a message. However you find a way to get out of contact us. You can email us. Right. Info at redefiningyou.org. Absolutely. And send us a message with your word of the week. And yeah. if you really want to see the progression, you really want to see the progress and the change, send it week over week. And we're going to align with you, touch and agree with you. We're going to pray. Right. We're going to declare and decree this over your lives as well. I love that. God, that's deep. So yeah, my my word, what I was thinking about it because I didn't even, I love what you said to take it to the next week, right? Because when she asked for one word, I was like, 
one word, the spirit told me a new. So I was the first one to type it. I just right. literally typed it in there before she was even finished asking for what we were going to do. I just, it just hit me. A new hit me, right? Because God is reminding me that I have been made anew in Christ. So those old things have passed away. So when I had to give the eviction notice to rejection and lack of self-control, those old things have passed, new, have passed away. I am anew. I am anew in Jesus Christ. I am identifying myself as a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ. Therefore, my next word, I am his masterpiece. And when once that sink in, this can't nobody tell me nothing differently. It don't matter any level of rejection. I am his masterpiece. I am still loved and he still claims me. He still calls me daughter. He still calls me wife. I am his masterpiece. I'm and so that's what, see, we're telling you right now, affirmations work. They work because you begin to really believe them because not only believing, you start to act that behavior starts. Like yes. when people say, Keep saying it till you believe it or keep back into you. Keep doing it. Keep saying while you're brushing your teeth. And I remind, I'm in the wait. I'm waiting on God because I know you're going to do something better than I could ever do. So why don't I just wait? I have to wait long enough for him to do something. I can't expect him to do something. He can do whatever he wants, whenever right. he wants it. However, he is my father. He knows what I need. He knows my every move. He knows his move. I'm going to wait on him. Yeah. I am patient. I am yeah. I am convinced that God's promises will be fulfilled for me. Absolutely. I am deserving of every promise that is over my life. Oh my But damn. see how so many things come out of I, I'm affirming for you. I am. Like, I am all of these. I'm with her. What are you waiting? But no, she wait, I'm waiting. Like, I'm coming. Mom coming. I'm so sorry. That's so I know. That is so funny. Uh, little girl at my daycare loves her mother because she says this all day every day mom coming and it's just i just feel that's so ingrained in me it's what are we waiting for because it's something our heart should be in a place of expectation expectation all because the time when you're an expectation it comes it happens okay you, you gave ever, us faith you ever said oh man i was just thinking about that and it happens yeah you're an expectation there you go Don't Your miss, thoughts miss me with the coincidences Oh, the universe did such and such. No, he like literally he wants your heart to be in alignment with his heart and his will and his ways, and he discerns your thoughts. If you place yourself in a position of expectancy, you're bound to it's just it's faith and belief. It's it is so good. believe it. This is so good. It's boosting me. I, I'm like, oh, what else am I believing for? Because it's about to happen. I gotta listen, call her. I'm not just listen, as right. soon as we say cut. I'm about to go, I don't know what I'm going but I'm right. Listen, I, oh, I think one of my favorite things about myself is my level of belief in the big God we serve. And yeah. big in all caps. I have to give you that. I believe in the, like, supernatural. Beyond yeah. what this earth says. Like, I am one of those people that... When I write visions and affirmations now, or things that, I, I, affirmations, but things that I want, like goals that I'm seeking, they be huge, y'all. They, like, they are. They be huge. I'm the type of person, like, can make $50,000 one year and be so excited about $50,000. And I will turn around, and in six months, I'm going to write down that I am deserving of 200000 and, and that's what happened. I put it down, make it clear. The, the word says, write the vision, make it clear. Man, make it the plan and God orders the steps. I will write it down, speak it out loud to act, affirm it and say, I am deserving of $200,000. Making two, I'm deserving of $200,000 income. And then when I complete the first two steps, it ingrained in me in step three. It's going to have to cut that part. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I got the warning. All right. When I do those two steps, write it, speak it. The third step is everything for me. The belief part. The part where my abundance mentality gets in alignment with my spirit and flesh. And I'd be like, listen, I'm believing in God for some big things. So I will never forget when my husband and I were in that yard and she spoke over me the song Big. 
and she started quoting the lyrics, and I was like, oh, girl, that's my song. And she was like, girl, sing it with me. I wasn't at the part of my life yet where I wasn't in the season yet or had the mentality yet to hear the words. I heard the words, but I wasn't listening to the words. But now, everything. Like, I realized what she was saying in those lyrics and what that artist was saying in those lyrics, and I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be big. Like, everything that you do for me is big, but it's bigger than you. Oh, definitely. Because what we think is big, he's already seen that. Every time. It's That's what always. abundance mindset tells you. So when you write your affirmations, it's the next level. I told you I keep giving y'all so next excited. level. When you write your affirmations, we may be believing God for 40 people to watch Redefining You, right? But God, we serve a God of abundance and does supernatural miracles. He may be like, you believe in for 40, but I'm going to give you 40,000. I'm going to give you 4 million views. And so that I'm so excited to even say that, right? So this is the type of affirming that I do. I believe in him so much that if even if it is only for 100,000 that view it, I still be like, but I know you got more coming because I believe. Totally hurt. I believe so deeply in the Ooh. miracles and the way that he moves and shifts. And that's what, like, I love it because we always say we're the yin and yang of one another. And, like, doubt is never the thing for me. I'm two feet in, jump, sink, or swim. Like, I'm. My thing is, yours is doubt. My opposite end of the spectrum is obedience. Because I don't wait. I, patience and obedience for me. I don't, sometimes I don't get, I be so excited and I believe so much that I, listen, God know his daughter. Because if you have to say daughter, when I hear God say that, I'm like, oh God, okay. Who's, what did I do to that? Even wait for your confirmation, Lord. Because that's me. I believe so much. And I jump two feet in sometimes and I'm not patiently waiting the vision out. God will give me a piece of the vision because he'll give you a piece of it. He'll give me a, a piece of it. But I take it and run long. Let's go right now. Today. And literally, I'll be like, look, piece is gone. Wait a minute. And this is me at the bottom. But did he even tell you to do that? Were you, you know what? thought I heard, but I did hear it because I, I know what I hear. Like, I am right. close enough to know and understand what I'm hearing from the from above. I know what I heard, but she was like, but what else came with what actions did he tell you to do? The other directions? Was the green light there? And it's did he tell you to go now or a month from now? Because he was gonna set up the right people to be a part of that so you didn't have to do all the work yourself. Oh okay. okay. But I be already in. So <laughs> however, I am declaring and decreeing that my I am patient. And as a matter of fact, I'm attached to your weight. You wait. I am waiting. I'm going to wait on the Lord right now, but I am waiting. I am waiting. I have enough self-control within me to wait patiently on the Lord and everything that he's going to do for me. Because I'm going to write down. Because it's quarter two, y'all. It is quarter two. That part. It's quarter two. And I'm going to write quarter in the culture uh, or the government quarter three is the new financial year for the United States. Right, if yeah. anybody catch that, like October yeah, yeah. is actually the new year. So I'm one of those things, I'm in real estate. So in October, November, December are holidays. So typically that's my slower month. I right. always have to grind out to October kind right. of deal. But in this season, God told me to rest and work. I am resting, but the work he gave me is not necessarily real estate. It's this, it's redefining you. It's the daycare. It's so many other things. It's my daughter. It's mine. It's me creating a safe environment within myself. It's me learning to master my moves. It's all these other things. But, and so those are the things that I need to write down and make my vision of what I look like when I master these things. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's good. We got Because the progression, the potential is there. I see the potential. But I gotta get moving towards those things in the progression. Like showing up here today is right. a big step for me. You saw right. how I got the car. I was like, "Girl, listen, we're ready." And then like all these things happened. It was like I'm still not. That was a moment because we need to speak on what we're going through. And so right. the progression is there. The oh, peace is back. 
my mind is so clear to what I can think and do. No, that's really good. I feel like I got so much to write when I get home. That's what we're doing today. That's what we that's what yeah. we encourage you to do. Yeah. We encourage you to start and make sure you, you title this entry or title yeah. this paper, Redefining You. Because I need you to know what you were listening to that inspired you to do that. Because redefining you itself is so important. That's what this whole journey is about. It's rewriting you. So as you write, write your story. We can go on and on and on and on. To break it down more. Because guys. But we're not going to. We're going to end this at some point. (laughs) So thank you guys for joining us. We definitely appreciate you. We hope that we have helped you in some kind of way giving you some kind of great advice, giving you something that you can actually go work and do, take on, whether it's the affirmations, whether it is journaling, whether it is just starting with, what is peace? What does my peace look like? Or any one of those things that we talked about, we hope that you can take and get moving with it because your new life awaits you. It really does. You got anything else? No, things peace. To all of you, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for episode four that is coming next, and it's even deeper. We're still, we're digging it out, y'all. Yeah. Like, we, we're intent, I can tell y'all in the intro, we are intentional yeah. about digging out the refined version of you. Yeah. A new definition of you. Love you guys. Peace and blessings.